got a little bone to pick with the programming department. Would it kill you every once in a while to play a little fog hat? Cover-up makeup I know that's better than Maybelline is this man right here. Now he's a cop in all the land, let's all give that man a hand. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Every afternoon, here on 97.3 Cairo FM, you can hear the John Curley Sherry Elliker Show. And John Curley joins us on Friday Known afternoon. Known as the 3 to 7 Show, Dory, the 3 to 7. Thanks to you so much the other day during the big Cairo radio meeting where they brought all of us together and shared mm-hmm. with us some very, 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 very interesting yeah. data about... Uh, data data about uh, the listeners and um about 10 minutes in you text me a very very concerned text message you shut off your camera on mm-hmm. microsoft teams yes i did and uh you'd look very uh consternated before mm-hmm. shutting it off so i just wanted to make sure everything was okay no 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 you didn't you said you should probably turn your camera back on so you seem more engaged that was well, yes. the actual uh, yes i was giving you some uh, so, some uh, career advice there. <laughs> I am in the middle of a painting project. I'm a horrible mm-hmm. painter, so I turned it all off, listened, and uh, proceeded to spill about a half a gallon of white primer all over the floor. But uh, oh. thanks for your concern. Okay. Still have a career as a painter if this radio thing stuff goes sideways on me. Okay, good for you. Has uh, just listened to the news at the top of the hour there. I heard the the lead story on CBS, the number one story in the country, the most important story in the lives of every one of our listeners. Hmm. They were talking about yesterday's January 6th hearing as their lead That's story. Right. That's right. That's- I thought of you yesterday as I was launching into a uh, Dory attack on CBS Top of the Hour stuff. I think I did it at 4 <laughs> o'clock on the John and John Curley, Sherry Elliker show. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, that's what they decided that was going to be the big, that's the big, that's what everybody's concerned about. I was just at the supermarket, uh, paying $57 for uh, a gallon of, uh, oat milk, uh, eggs, cheese, and a couple other things and a six pack of beer. 43 yeah. bucks, by the way. And I kept thinking, gosh, I wonder how that January 6th committee is working out. Are they going to subpoena the president? That's all anybody was talking about. Exactly. It's, we it were, is the yeah. most important thing in the Ooh. lives of everybody Please. who's listening. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Did you yeah. did you hear the shocking audio that's been released from January sixth? Never, never before heard audio. Uh, there was so much, Dory. Again, I didn't spend that much. I was in the um, you know the seven and under line. The seven items were under, so we didn't get a chance to really get into all of it. But we ah. were just all talking about it. But what, what audio in particular were you? Well, uh, well, while she by? was while she was in the Capitol. Nancy mm. Pelosi, who told the U.S. Capitol Police to stand down for reasons nobody has ever figured out, she told them that she didn't want their help. Uh, but while she was inside, she was getting ready to strap yeah. on the glove. She was ready to, mm. you know, be oh, that's right. Fraser to Trump's Ali. So, with the big service said. They have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. 
So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. I would come, I'm going to punch him out. This oh, I know, I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. I want to punch him out. But I... Would I go to those bars uh, with you in Clee Alum at yeah. 1.55 a.m.? I'm going to push him out, and I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> and it was and, productive. And I'm going to be happy about it. First of all, punch him out. I'm going to punch him out. Yes. And it was her documentary daughter, filmmaker, Alexandria, who was set up with professional equipment inside Recording Nancy saying that, and Alexandria's hubby was set up outside with professional documentary filmmaking equipment after Nancy had told the Capitol Police to stand down. Mm. And then they released this never-before-seen footage less than one month before the midterms. What? Mm. Seriously, what are the odds, John Curley? It is amazing when you think about the Big Bang and those two gases that had to come together to create <laughs> this great planet and universe that we have. And then I guess yes. there was some extra gas left over in order to have this just weird, just uh, right. it, it's some things beyond the imagination. Uh, and certainly that January 6th committee beyond the imagination. And good job, CBS. Way to go. Way to go. Don't talk at all about anything else. Keep hammering away. It was a great study I'd seen. They did a poll um, before January 6th. During the first, uh, you know, televised thing, then the second one, and they said, and you see absolutely no movement. Did Donald, was it in, was it a riot? Was it not a riot? And, you know, Donald Trump did, 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 all the way through. Very little movement on either side before, after both of those nationally televised pieces. Nobody cares, but they have to make it about this because they don't have anything else i did oh. see today jill oh, schlesinger yes. speaking of cbs she did give some positive news about inflation i don't know if you guys covered that or not but some positive news about inflation did you see that piece well uh i, I know what i heard from the the president about inflation this was certainly positive a lot of people are hurting these days and today's report shows though some progress yeah that is that forty-year high inflation is progress. So what did uh, what did uh, Schlesinger say? Well, they said the the anchor threw it to her and said, you know, although inflation is a concern, there is some good news or something like that. And she goes, yes, seniors will be getting the largest uh, cost of living increase in more than forty years, eight point one percent increase for their Social Security checks. It's about works out to about one hundred forty-seven dollars a month additional in order for people to fight inflation. No, Jill. And anybody else has got a brain. That's not the case. You're just trying to keep even. You're not getting more. You're just getting the, the because the dollar is devalued. But the way they spun it, it was the oddest thing. Both ABC and NBC both uh, were able to kind of cover that one. Well, yeah, because real wages are down because what people are making is less than what the inflation rate is. Hey, I, I got some local news I want to talk with you about. Before you get to if that. If this is about that DUI thing, Dory. It is. I, but, but can, can I bridge from the national to the local with one personal? Go. Is that okay? Sure, sure. Okay, sure, sure. because, and, and I mean this in a very nice way, because I I like iconoclasts. I like people who don't go with the flow. And uh, the listeners were very upset with me last hour because I said I go to the grocery store pretty much every day. I ride my bike, 
and I walk my bike through the store and put all the groceries in my little saddle bag. And then I go to the checkout stand and, uh, and, and the listeners were all calling, one, one called me an ass hat. Mm, mm, Another one called mm, me it, the D word. And there, there was. Is that, would, would that be spelling ass hat with a D? Yes. Ass exactly. hat? Yes. Okay. Das hat. Uh, and people were seemingly outraged that I walk my bike through the store every day instead of locking it up outside. And, uh, and like I said, you don't, you walk to the beat of a different drummer, John. And I wanted mm -hmm. to see, uh, if you thought this was okay. Well, I'm going to assume the people that are giving you the asshat, um, moniker because they probably shop at a supermarket and at a time of day where it is more crowded. So if they're trying to have trouble pushing a cart through the aisle and then, and other carts trying to negotiate. So they're probably going to imagine here's some guy, bow legged, bad knees, clunking through the aisle with his bike, mm -hmm. picking up, you know, this and that cheese, a lot of different health food. You know, how you are during that yeah, aisle. I'm a health nut. Right. That they're probably thinking you're taking up all this room. It, I have to say something, even though I do, Jan, I would find that to be odd. I, I'm going to have to go on the odd scale. I wouldn't denounce you on it, but I would certainly put you in a category of somebody that's got a relationship a little too close to their bike that people would think is odd. Just a hassle to lock up. That's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. The DY story now. So I wasn't here early in the week. I was off Monday, Tuesday. But Jason Rance had a story that Seattle police now have drafted a new policy that says if they see somebody they suspect is drunk in a stolen car, they still would not be allowed to pursue them. And, and be, I, I thought one of the exceptions to the police pursuit was if the person was drunk. But now the mm -hmm. Seattle police have apparently are working to codify that they won't even chase a drunk person in a stolen car. You take it from there. Yes. Um, so they come upon someone who's unconscious in the car. They might be able to smell the alcohol as the person is unconscious. If they say they come to, even though that they know the person is drunk, uh, just the activity of the driver, they cannot stop them. They can try to pin the car, but not in such a way that the driver does not have egress from the pinning, meaning they could back up without causing problems um, either to the vehicle or to the uh, officer. So it is another one of these examples of, well, just you can't do anything, so let them go. I asked um, my buddy, who's a cop, uh, have you heard about the new DUI policy stopping drunk drivers? This is Tuesday. He writes back, yes. Talked about it at a roll call last night. Veteran officers aren't surprised, and they laughed. New officers were angry and just asked, why are we even here? It's a good question. Because they're trying to recruit new officers, and I thought what the... You know, the cop hater crowd said is we want more accountability. And if they're going to attract new officers, you want people who care and who have a passion for what they're doing and who want to protect public safety. And it's like they're doing everything they possibly can to to get people who are just going to be complacent about their job and allow this, you know, havoc to continue in our society. It's. It's so insane. I mean, I just, I can't believe what I'm watching evolve on an almost daily basis around here.
You know, Dory, um, I've seen my buddy that I won't say his name. He is going to be retiring in two weeks from now, and he's saying goodbye. He could walk out today, but he thought, you know what? I owe it to my others. This is interesting because a lot of these guys are military. I talked to him yesterday. He goes, I, I could walk in tomorrow and just be done with it, walk out. But I feel an allegiance to my buddies, to the guys that are on the the line with me, the guys that are out there with me. I just can't do it. He was thinking of continuing to work, even though he doesn't need to. He was going to keep going because he feels bad for the guys that are left behind. And I said, you know, you owe it to yourself and your family. You do the two weeks, be a respectable individual, give them the badge, give them the, the gun, and just be done with it. Be done with it. But there, a lot of those guys are hanging on because they, you know, it's, you know, last man, you don't leave anybody behind. And that's sort of the feeling that they have. But this is at this. I got to go back to the DUI thing for one minute. We've called Mothers Against Drunk Drivers here in Seattle. We've made three phone calls. I made two. Jacob made three. We sent three emails out. If anybody is associated with Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, you would assume that they would be on this thing immediately. Sure. I yeah, mean, I without so. delay. Where they are on this, I don't know. So then you think, well, let's do this. Let's get in touch with someone whose family, and you have such a great reach. Your show is the most listened to uh, talk show in the country. Anyone out there who has had a relative or friend die um, at because of a drunk driver crossing the line and, and coming in and killing them, that person should be on the phone immediately because those are the people that have the real loss. The rest of us are waiting, sitting ducks for the person in the uh, vehicle to crash into us, but someone else that knows directly what that feeling is when you're burying it to 18 or 19 or a mother or a father because someone else was drunk, they need to be shouting from the rooftops. I said to Jason yesterday, where are you on? Where are we on that story? He goes, nothing. No one's picking it up. No, none of the local news. Amazing. I yeah. can't get anybody get any traction on this thing. It's, uh, and let me just read from the memo that Jason obtained, just to make sure people know that you nor I are exaggerating this one bit. They say, if the vehicle remains in place after you've, uh, after you've identified it as a stolen vehicle with a drunk driver, if the vehicle remains in place with no response or compliance from the driver and the only crimes at issue are DUI and or possession of a stolen vehicle... One, attempt to hail the driver using voice or PA for a reasonable amount of time and then leave the scene and right. complete an incident report. So this is codified now. You see a drunk in a stolen car and the Seattle police have a memo that says, yeah, just leave the scene. Don't don't hassle them. Why should we hassle a drunk driver who stole someone's car? I mean, this, this is insane. What has happened to us? And you think about these young guys that get in. And I know people, oh, the cops, they say, what do you think they're being a cop for? I saw my friend Dave one time. We went on. I was doing a ride along. He said, I got a suicide call. I can't have you come with me. Let me handle this on my own. We parked the car about 15, 20 yards away. I can barely hear. There's a guy sitting distraught out in front of the Grand Hyde in Seattle on the sidewalk all by himself, all by himself, right? Dave, six foot, eight inch, 265 pound guy. A Marine walks over, sits down, kneels down with the guy, kneels down, puts his arm around him, and talks to him. Lowest point in that guy's life. 
He's a giant of a man. All the guns and everything else sits with him, arm around the guy, talks to him for like 10 minutes. I can barely hear it, Dory. Barely hear what he's saying because the guy's kind of muffling, head down. You could tell he's just broken. About five minutes later, ambulance pulls up. Dave walks the guy over to the stretcher, explains what's happening. Guy gets in. They take him away. Gets in the car. Dave goes, that's a tough one. Says nothing more about it. The reason those guys serve is because they care. When you tell them, hey, you come across the guy that's drunk in the car, just call it in, go away. You think that person wants that to happen? He knows that that guy in that car puts that thing in gear, drives down the road, crosses the center line, slams into another car. The car bursts into flames, and everybody in that car that did not die on impact is burned alive. And why? 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 No one can answer that question. Well. Where is it? Mothers Against Drunk Drivers or anybody associated, don't keep asking me to donate. Press 1 to donate. Get on this. You will save a life tomorrow if you stop this. Because right now, this policy is, quote, unquote, quietly in place. Right. Dory, it, I know I want to get on and have fun with you on a Friday. But a weekend's coming up. And you know about one out of every three cars on after midnight driving down the road. That driver is drunk. Will we be able to pull him over? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Good luck on the roads, everybody. Yeah, it's, done... amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. Seattle is such an asshole. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I'm in uh, no, I don't uh, need to deal with that crap. No, I I understand your passion. I, I appreciate it. And in fact, in closing here, in the seconds we have left, uh, a week from Saturday, oh, you yeah. and I are going to oh, spend my the night God. together. You will be the biggest star in the room, my friend. The, the last the time you spent star. the night with a, with a co-worker, HR got involved. But we're going to spend the night together. <laughs> but it's really only an evening together. Dory, last year, Brandy Cruz stole the show, and I kept trying to get uh, Nicole a date because she goes in there because there's all these firefighters and cops. You will be the biggest star. When you walk in there, oh, my God, Dory Monson's here. This is called Stronger Families Raising Money in Order to Support Families so they stay together. The family is strong, then the cops are strong, the community is strong. Families of first responders. First responders, yep, yep. You're there, baby. You wait and see. Okay. Let's get it done, man. Let's get it done, brother. All right, John Curley, every right. afternoon, 3 to 7, 97.3, Cairo FM. And the 3 to 7 show. I love your, I love your passion. Thanks for coming on Thank today. You, I appreciate it. Thank you. Boy, boy, boy. Let's all give that man a hand. He's the best of all the auctioneers. Come and take it. Come and take it. Come and take it. It was very exciting because, as you know, I'm a uniter, not a divider. There was a bear attack in Washington last weekend. My outdoor spiritual advisor, Tom Nelson, came on to talk about it. What Tom said went viral. He goes on Fox News. And that was seen by this man. Go ahead and try. Go ahead and die. Longtime friend of the radio show. It's been way too long. Ted Nugent joins us. And Ted, what made you pick up the phone and call Tom Nelson? Well, I'm addicted to truth, logic, and common sense. In fact, on this glorious October day in the sacred swamps of Michigan where the spirit of the wild do roar nonstop. 
Uh, I'm actually drunk on truth, logic, and common sense. I'm intoxicated. I'm life living in the pursuit of happiness. When I see other people celebrating it unambiguously and fearlessly, <laughs> I need to track them down and thank them. So Tom articulated for the first time in my life, other than myself, what to do when attacked by cougars and black bears and carjackers. And it's not about bear spray or looking big or trying to scare the animal. You shoot them. <laughs> There's a there's a real good 10 millimeter answer to that question for sure. But but Ted, I think one of the problems with with youth these days is, is their separation from the natural world. I mean, there's an order. There's 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 a place where we can find ourselves out in nature. And, and I think the farther our youth in particular get away from nature, the more they become lost. Well, I can guarantee you this, uh, and I, I keep in touch with law enforcement. I am in law. I am law enforcement. I've been a sheriff deputy for forty years now, and I've conducted federal raids with the U.S. Marshals. And back when the FBI was trustworthy, um, so I, I know what that adrenaline is when you dedicate yourself in deadly conditions for good over evil. And I can promise you this: I've studied all these crimes from around the country. I get updates every day, and no carjacker ever had a hunting license in his pocket. No stabber or shooter or raper or child molester ever had a fishing license on them. The spirit of the wild, the outdoor lifestyle, is a, is a hands-on conservation participant in God's miraculous creation. I've said it over and over again. I quote the great Fred Bear. It will cleanse your soul. I'm 74 years clean and sober. And you notice I can still form syllables, <laughs> which is why I'm clean and sober. And I was driven to take care of myself and thank God by, by safeguarding my precious gift of life and all the things that go with that uh, by being clean and sober because I wanted to kill a deer with a sharp stick. And you can't be a, a martial arts samurai zen bow hunter dedicated to the oneness of your responsibilities to balancing the herds you can't do that if you're drunk or stoned so i've remained clean and sober because the the call of the wild the the spirit of the wild the the, the healing powers of nature are optimized when you actually fulfill your responsibilities. Once again, balancing the herd, hunting, fishing, and trapping. So, yeah, there's a crime explosion that is engineered recidivism by the Democrats and the, and the Republicans that have no balls to stand up against their scourge. And, and when I see a guy like Tom Nelson and you, Dory, celebrate the truth, logic, and common sense of real nature, real habitat carrying capacity, real sustained yield, the successful model of wildlife management that the whole world envies, that hunting, fishing, and trapping families of this country get demanded. I, I, I celebrate that. That's why I tracked down Tom and thanked him for that. I, and, and that's why I do this. I just got done doing my Ted Nugent Real America Voice Spirit Campfire. I have a nightly nude. You have a Spirit of the Wild TV show. Um, I do media every day around the world, and I promote that hunting, fishing, and trapping is perfect. And when a bear attacks you, you don't spray him or look big. You shoot him three times in the middle. And they're yummy. 
quite frankly. But you make a great yeah, point. Yeah, I love gar- my, my my love of nature can be summarized with the term garlic and butter. There you go, man. <laughs> well, you make a great point because you can't hunt if you're impaired. You can't hunt if you're healthy. You can kind of fish, okay? But but the thing of it is, we go out and harvest these animals. It's how we eat. Our food supply in this nation is absolutely compromised. If you look at at the statistics in any grocery store, they're number one and number two selling items in most grocery stores are potato chips and pop. People have completely forgotten how to eat. Now, I brought over today to Dory Monson. I brought him elk burgers that I did last night. I brought him my own smoked salmon and deer salami. And and it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to feed this to you. But, Ted, talk about the nature of the food that that we the deer and elk that we that we that we harvest and the fish that we catch and how that is your medicine and probably knowing you your only medicine to get through and remain healthy as you are. Yeah, I, I again I'm 74 this year and I'm having the greatest hunting season of my life. Um, I'm not as athletic as I was 20 years ago. I'm not jumping off amplifiers because I had to get new knees for doing that. I hope everyone enjoyed that over the years. Um, I did. I saw that in person in the, the first row, by the way. I, yeah. I think, I think uh, the, the instinct to thank God for the precious gift of life by taking care of this precious gift of life if you're raised in a disciplined environment, ah, discipline, that's against the law up there, I think. Um, my mom and dad loved me and disciplined me. They forced me to do my chores. They forced me to take good care of myself. They taught me to aim small, miss small. They taught me about the ways of nature. And here it is 74 years later, and I'm in good shape. Uh, my wife, Shemaine, and I just wrapped up our uh, Ted Nugent Real America Voice Spirit Campfire podcast talking about the perfection, the last perfect diet is wild game and that's all we eat we get the organic vegetables and fruits the best we can we grow a lot of our own here on our our michigan farm and our texas ranch but i've always been cognizant of what the great apache chief said god has given us everything we need we already have everything we need and if you're buying sugary drinks and potato chips you're not using the intellect that God gave you. And if you're sniffing paint and smoking and drinking and doing meth and looking for fentanyl, uh, you must be part of the Michael Moore fan club. That is just cultural and spiritual suicide. So venison, of course, venison being the universal term, whether it's dove or, cor- or grouse or woodcock or cougar or bear or elk or moose or pronghorn or, or whatever game you eat, and that's what we eat. Here's the most profound um, celebration of that truism, Tom and Dory, and I've done it on Joe Rogan, and I've done it on Tucker Carlson. I've done it all around. The, I've done it for the London Times Sunday Magazine that hunters in America for more than 35 years donate a quarter of a billion, billion with a B, 250 million meals of nutritious venison to soup kitchens and homeless shelters every year the most nutritious, healthiest diet on the planet comes from hunting, fishing, and trapping. Oh, the yeah. Hunters for the Hungry program, the, the Sportsmen Against Hunger in all 50 states, we donate more healthy protein to charities than 
any other force on planet Earth. <laughs> that and is, no that's one awesome. knows that, but now they do, don't they? We are talking with the great Ted Nugent and my spiritual outdoors advisor, Tom Nelson. Ted just did his 500th episode of Spirit of the Wild. He's got the Campfire Podcast, the Nightly Nuge Podcast. And you know I'm not going to have you on the show without talking a little bit of politics, Ted. So hold on for just one moment. We will continue the conversation. Ted Nugent, Tom Nelson, lots more to come as the Dory Monson Show rolls on. All right, we are back with uh, Tom Nelson. Tom took me uh, salmon fishing, Ted Nugent, up in Sitka, Alaska, a few years ago for the first time in my life. It's life-changing, Ted. It really is, isn't it? I mean, I'm sitting here in a sacred swamp in Michigan. We're having a great hunting season, lots of ducks and geese and turkeys and lots of deer and squirrels and rabbits. And we have a, a, a charity campfire every weekend with our sunrise safaris, and people come from all around the world to share a Ted Nugent campfire, and you're talking about life-changing. It gets very emotional around a campfire when people experience participation in God's healing nature powers, and that's what you experience. There is something deeply spiritual about walking wild ground. When you see that bald eagle on TV, it does one thing, but when you're in the lap of God, and you're on that salmon stream, and you've got a fishing pole, and maybe you had a little shore lunch, and all of a sudden that eagle is there with you. Your spirit is moved like no other force can. I've always said that the outdoor conservation, hunting, fishing, trapping lifestyle is equal to the birth of a child, the saying goodbye to a loved one at the grave site, and the bonding with your soulmate. And, and, and raising children, all these powerful moments in life are equaled in the great outdoors. And more and more people, I got to tell you, with the uh, weaponized of the communist Chinese Wuhan virus by the puppy torture and Fauci and the gangsters in the Biden administration, even uh, 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 Trump made a terrible mistake listening to Fauci. But more hunting and fishing licenses were sold in 2020 and 2021 because people's instincts drove us back. To that powerful drive, self-sufficiency, hands-on conservation. And to that, I say, welcome to reality, boys and girls, because that's what the Newton family has done forever. That's what Tom celebrates, and that's what you just articulated, Dory. There is a spirit to the outdoor participatory sports, and more and more people are waking up to that. And I I got to witness that firsthand, Ted, in Dory, as Brock and I were coming back. And you know what I'm talking about, too, Dory. We're listening to some music. We're coming back from this wonderful wild place down this down this inside passage up in Alaska. we got a limit of salmon. we got a limit of halibut on board. And you were moved to tears. I, I, I threw my arm around these two I love men. You guys, man. Ted, yep, I, I told them how much I loved them. It was... Okay, so you mentioned right before the break, Ted, uh, all the drugs, all the nasty, the opposite of all this. You know, our Supreme Court in Washington State has legalized heroin and meth and fentanyl in personal possession amounts. We're seeing this plague around the How do you think the first couple of years of this Biden administration is working out? Well, it's a scourge. It's a curse. The Biden gang is uh, as criminal and treasonous and evil as any that has ever infested anywhere. And I'm aware 
of the Nazis, and I'm aware of uh, the rape of Nan King, and I'm aware of what Che Guevara did slaughtering innocent people on the streets who disagreed with him. I'm aware of the evil that has existed. But that was there. This is in the United States of America where we have the only sacred experiment in self-government. And somehow we the people have had our heads so far up our ass that we allowed the Biden gangster family in a fraudulent election to bring in this horror story of instead of energy dominance, we go slithering pathetically to our enemies for the raw crude and the natural gas that we have in abundance more than anywhere else in the world. The engineered recidivism of the worst explosion of violent crime where rapists and carjackers and stabbers and slicers and shooters are caught over and over and over again and knowingly and intentionally set back into our neighborhoods. And if you defend yourself on film from an armed attacker, you get charged with murder, Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, yes, these are treacherous types. But let me let me bring some positive to it. Oh, we thank have a goodness. Yes, please. <laughs> we have a nonprofit called HunterNation.org. Please write it down. HunterNation.org. When you witness the changes we made in Virginia and West Virginia, when you see the changes we made in the school boards in Dallas, when you see how a Mark Robinson becomes the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, the hunting families of this country have not voted in a meaningful way in the past. You know, so they, they haven't even voted at all. Or, or, or certainly not states, united. 50%. Yeah. And if anybody represents God, family, country, work ethic, law and order, it would be the hunting families. That's the conservative pulse of this of this experiment in self-government. So we woke some of them up. I mean, like in wake and awaken them, not wokeism, but awaken them. <laughs> and they are now registered and voting. And we're going to take this country back and we're going to have energy dominance. We're going to keep dangerous, violent criminals in cages or better yet, double tap center mass at the scene of the crime. <laughs> uh, so there are simple simple uh, uh, fixes available to us, and if a stupid guitar player who wrote Wango Tango can figure it out, nobody's got an excuse. I just want to make sure, Ted, HunterNation.org, it's not some shadowy backdoor operation to pay Hunter Biden's legal fees, is it? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. In fact, in fact, if they put me in charge, we'd have them shackled and in the, hanging in the barn by now. <laughs> Ted, Ted, I, I got just got to ask you, man. The media has coined the phrase "gun violence" as if an inanimate object is out committing crimes. I mean, can we all agree that the finger on the trigger is the issue, and the prosecutors refuse to hold those fingers accountable? Well, and again, Tom and Dory, the evidence is inescapable unless you're just a Michael Moore fan club p- participant. Uh, they are catching on film repeat murderers and carjackers with literal smoking guns. They, they're on film. The guy has a smoking gun as he's shooting people. They let him out the next day. He does it again. They let him out the next day. And then the mayor of Chicago and Baltimore and in, 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 in Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, they want more gun laws. But they're not enforcing the thousands that are on the books. So you need no more evidence to know that where you want the most innocent death will always occur 
in a gun-free zone, and the Democrats want more of it. I know. Theodore Preach. We, we, we are ground zero here in Seattle for that. All right, Ted, uh, I know we're out of time. I love talking to you. You're right. I missed you desperately. It's been way too long. Let's not wait so long until your uh, next appearance. And uh, it's really cool that you reached out to Tom because... Uh, Two great outdoorsmen. What more could I ask for as a radio host? Nothing short of an honor, Ted. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, back at your time and door. Remember, remain cocked, locked, and ready to rock the clock around the clock, Dr. Spock. And I, I look forward to people joining me at TedNugent.com, where you can see that just one silly guitar player is making a difference in a forward, positive, God, family, country, law and order, work ethic, uh, American dream. So TedNugent.com, lots of stuff going on, man. All right. Thank you, Ted. And also check out Ted's Spirit Campfire podcast. The Nightly Nuge podcast streams daily on Facebook. Ted, until we meet again, take care, my friend. God bless. Happy Veterans Day every day. Happy Independence Day every day. Happy Thanksgiving every day. Happy Opening Day every day. <laughs> See you later. Ted Nugent joining us. All right. Love to hear your thoughts on all this. You can text us at uh, 888-973-CAIRO. 888 We'll uh, check the news next here in the Dory Monson Show. She'll still be playing when we get back. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You're really a fantastic audience.